Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we believe growing a business should not be a mystery. The simple steps should not be kept from you, and anybody can become a Business Made Simple professional. This week, we're answering the question, how can nonprofits who want to fundraise less, raise more money, and build a community of monthly givers? Our special guest, Victoria Harrison of Charity Water, an organization that to date has delivered clean and safe drinking water to over 10 million people across the globe, gives you the answer in her conversation with co-host Kula Callahan. Then host Donald Miller walks you step-by-step through crafting the perfect mission statement for your business. But first, let's check in with co-hosts Kula Callahan and Dr. J.J. Peterson. Over the past seven years, the biggest question that we get from customers is, does this work for nonprofits? Yes. Whether it's our messaging (laughs) framework, our sales funnel framework, our communication framework, everybody wants to know, if it works for nonprofits. And our answer, of course, is yes, yes, it does work for nonprofits. And here's the thing. A lot of nonprofit leaders, and there are a bunch of them out there, thankfully, because they're doing such great work. A lot of nonprofit leaders don't understand that they actually have to treat their business like a for-profit business when it comes to marketing and messaging. And a lot of people don't realize that even if you're a nonprofit, you're actually selling a product, really. And yeah. the product you're selling is getting you donations and funds to then yeah. go out and achieve your mission in the world. And a lot of nonprofits are really stifling their own growth because they don't realize that. When really the nonprofits that thrive and are able to do more of the impactful work around the world realize that they are in business to make money. And the money that they make comes, of course, in the form of donations and fundraising efforts. But I know that you have worked in nonprofits for a number of years all over the globe. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, I, right out of college, I did community development in the border towns of Mexico and the U.S. Worked in eight different countries in Africa doing community development of women empowerment, a lot of that stuff. So yeah, I have a strong, strong, my parents actually lived in Kenya when I was little. So when I, I lived in Kenya from when I was about six to 10, um, lived there. And so I kind of have a, a passion to help change the world. Of course you do. And you're doing it every day. You're changing my world Aww, at the very least. You. So you're welcome. Yeah, I'm empowering you. So. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was a cre- – I loved it. And yeah. it was um, – I did uh, fundraising and development and marketing right. in mm-hmm. um, some of those spaces and had some of those same struggles of yeah. dealing with the same thing of like – okay, I have a genuine story here. Right. A real story about – say, a family who lost their child because they didn't have a roof over their head during rainy season, and then trying to figure out how to then get people to go, without trying to be manipulative, how do I get people to say, if you give $200, literally you can save a child's life, without talking about a child dying yeah. to make them give right. me money. And it's know? delicate because, you know, the <laughs> stakes are life and death yes. a lot of times. Yeah. And so it's it's very delicate to figure out how to craft that message and invite potential donors and potential volunteers into that story. But you've got to face that yeah. uncomfortable sort of yeah. situation if you really want your nonprofit to, to thrive and if you really want to make a bigger impact in the world. And, you know, the reality is we say that this also, you need to think of your nonprofit like a for-profit business. Totally. So even for-profit businesses that are listening today, some of them may feel guilty about, you know, pushing people for a sale. Right. And some of the things we're going to talk about today are actually very applicable to those businesses as well. But really, nonprofits need to be thinking of themselves as a for-profit business 
and they need to be thinking of their donors as customers. How do you engage your customers and your donors to help them get more involved in the work that you're doing and help them transform through the process as well. Right. So it's not just, you know, the people that your nonprofit serves who you're impacting. It's also the donor themselves. Yeah. So they're kind of two different messages, if you will. If you're a nonprofit business, there's the message of the of the mission of the organization, um, whether it's community development or sanitation education or whatever. And then it's also the message to the individual donor. So how by getting involved with your organization, can that donor feel a greater sense of purpose or a greater sense of motivation or a greater sense of, you know, I've done my duty and goodwill for the world. The same rules of marketing and messaging certainly still apply to nonprofits. Yeah. All nonprofits, I would argue, can kind of fall into four different categories. Relief, development, empowerment, and justice. Those are the types of work that nonprofits do. Relief, development, empowerment, and justice. And Mm -hmm. here's how you want to think about those. Relief is kind of give a man a fish, right? If somebody is starving, you don't teach them about how to start a business. Yeah, you give them the fish in the moment. If somebody needs a shot and it's going to save their life, you give them the shot. That's relief. Give a man a fish. So it's kind of a cute help, if you will. Yeah, kind of usually time-bound, short-term relief. Then when you move into development, that is teach a man to fish, okay? And then empowerment is teach a man to think about fishing. So the first one is you give them like a solution. The second one is you help them think about how to solve their own problems Mm -hmm. and develop their own solutions. And then the last one is justice, which is tear down the fence around the pond. Not everybody has equal access. And so there's justice issues. So those are the four, relief, development, empowerment, justice. Now- When it comes to communication and -hmm. when it comes to marketing and fundraising, the research shows that actually people have a higher response rate to negative imagery. So there's a reason why. We get that question a lot. Yeah, there's a a reason why like a lot of, say, Sarah McLaughlin, (laughs) you know, (laughs) commercial of where the dogs are dying and said, of the angel. And so, <laughs> you know, when it, when they show the sad dogs, the reason they're doing that is because it actually is effective. Right. And so people always want to know, like, can I use pictures or sad yeah. stories to... How much is too much? How much is too much? When does it become manipulative? When you are in the relief space yep. and you are in a time-bound campaign, there is a... There's hurricane relief that needs to happen in Haiti. There is... There was the tsunami in Southeast Asia and we need to rescue children, right? Time bound type like that. That is relief. And that is where you actually do want to use what we would call failure language. Something really bad is going to happen if you don't act now. Yeah. That's where you really want to come in from the traditional fundraising of using like a, I I hate to say this because it feels manipulative, but a sad story with a sad ending if people don't act. And here's the thing for those of you listening, thinking, oh my gosh, I could never do that. If the stakes are quite literally life and death, yeah. then you it's your duty to uh, do that. 100%. So you're not just begging for money and trying to like con your donors into yep. giving you money. It is it's your duty and responsibility to engage these people in order to avoid people dying yep, and exactly. communities being destroyed. Exactly. But then when you move into development and empowerment, mm-hmm. when you really start kind of moving into that next space of helping people build businesses and helping them build gardens and build homes and kind of have sustainable work that mm-hmm. needs to keep going. Now, if you start using that negative imagery and language, you become manipulative. 
And you actually have to start using a positive outlook, positive imagery, smiling people, successful stories um, of the ongoing work that's happening and life-changing work that's happening on an ongoing basis. You want to use success language, happy, smiley people living their best life. Right. So that's how you want to move into that. If it's not time bound and it's not an emergency, then you want to live more in the happy, successful space. That would be development empowerment. Yep. Mm -hmm. Then when you get to the justice phase, you actually can go back and forth between both because some justice issues need to be taken care of now. And there really is an urgency like this need. We need to call our senators today, you know, type of stuff. And then but if it's ongoing work that we're continuing to fight injustice and reconciliation issues, then actually you want to do a combo Mm -hmm. of some negative and then also positive. So failure and success. So that's really how I approach nonprofit communication Mm -hmm. is the first things I do is identify what's this campaign or work about? Is it relief, development, empowerment, or justice? Then I'm going to identify what the story is about. And if it's in the relief or justice area, then it might be something that focuses heavy in the failure side of things Mm -hmm. and the problem side of things. If it's in the development or empowerment space, then we focus on happy ongoing transformation. I love that. That's so helpful. Yeah. That's so helpful. And again, if you're a for-profit business here listening to us today, the same rules kind of apply. You need both failure language in your marketing and quote success language in your marketing. And if your product or service genuinely resolves a pain or frustration for your customers, it is your duty Mm -hmm. to not only call them to action and invite them into that transformation, but it's also your responsibility to say, hey, this could go really badly if you don't act now. Same principles apply for for for-profits and for nonprofits, but JJ, that breakdown of the four different types of work is super, super helpful. Today, I get to talk with Vic Harrison, who with her husband co-founded Charity Water, which is one of the most impressive nonprofits I've ever seen. They've um, provided clean drinking water to over 10 million people across the globe. They do a fantastic job of inviting their donors and their volunteers into a really meaningful story and empowering them to go and spread the word about the work that they're doing. And what's really interesting about what Vic teaches is um, it's a different approach to fundraising. You know, a lot of nonprofits think they have to go to these big time donors and just ask for that gigantic one time gift a year. And what Victoria says is you can actually make a bigger impact if you do something else. And in my conversation with her, she explains what that thing is and how nonprofit leaders can adopt these principles and not only grow their donor base, but also make a bigger impact for the communities that they are serving. So I think you're going to love my conversation with Vic Harrison. Here it is. We all know that you and your husband run Charity Water, which is I think the industry standard of all nonprofit brands out there is just fantastic and so inspiring what you guys have done in terms of building your brand and really motivating like an entire culture to get behind your cause. But I kind of want to back up before we get into what you guys have done at Charity Water. I want to talk a little bit about how you found yourself there. You started out kind of like in the New York City ad world. You found yourself kind of not really loving the direction that your career was going in. So it was back in 2006 when I when I started my kind of search for meaning in my life. And it was right around this time in, you know, the early 2000s where I think brands in general and the whole world of branding and marketing, it was probably experiencing one of the lowest points. There was just this kind of big competition among big brands for who can scream the loudest. So I got to see 
just really how the sausage was made in the factory. I've come across this quote from David Berman that said, the same, de- same design that fuels mass overconsumption has the power to repair the world. That's so good. It's so good. And I was, I was just struck by that because I, I, I loved design. I went into the creative design world to change the world, to, to change yeah. the world through, through creativity and design. And that's where my journey began, really, where I was able to start combining my love for design backed by a really strong purpose. In terms of developing an engaging sort of story-driven creative brand, is there something you can say to nonprofit leaders that is, you know, when you when you create a brand, what's the most important thing that you should focus on? The mo- most important thing, hands down, is storytelling. Here's, here's kind of how I like to think about storytelling and why it should be the most important part of every nonprofit's marketing strategy. So when we buy products from for-profits, like an iPhone from Apple or a Tesla or a piece of furniture, right? Mm-hmm. From, you know, or, or clothing. Um, we don't really care how, what the company's values are so much. Yes, there's definitely now a, a big move to buy from, from socially responsible and sustainable companies. But for the most part, you're like, okay, I need a plant, a plant pot from totally. Target. Like, I'm just yeah. going to go buy the coolest one that I can find that uh, fits within my budget. Mm-hmm. When you donate to a nonprofit, the only value exchange is you are paying money and the value exchange back to you is trust. God, that's really helpful. The product becomes the people who actually run the organization. When, when you give money, what you want to know is who are the people running it and how are they going to use my money, right? Because there are so many housing organizations. I could be very uh, passionate about donating towards a cause that works on housing, but I'm going to want to know how is one cause versus another going to actually spend my money and how are they going to prove back to me how they spent it? So that's where storytelling comes in. So if I connect with the founder or if I connect with the employees at the organization through their content on social media, mm-hmm. through a thank you video, perhaps that they sent back to me or just by reading their stories or getting their emails, the more I can understand the values, the character of those of those people we're going to be managing my money, right. essentially. Yes. And I really speak to founders specifically, because I think a lot of nonprofit founders tend to have this fear. They want to, you know, they want to be taking a back seat often. They don't, they don't want the organization to be about themselves because they feel they're stealing focus away from the mission. Right. We had that complex at Charity Water in the beginning, and we quickly had to get over it because we learned very fast that people give to people. They don't give to causes. They give to people. That's so powerful. Just with people I know who run nonprofits, I feel like that's not a common association that they make. It's not. It's truly not. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I teach what I teach. Showing people who you are, showing your your donors, potential donors, the world, who you are as a founder and as a team, uh, who you are as people, why they should trust you with their donation, that you have the passion and the big vision and the boldness and the integrity and the creativity and the innovation that it takes to spend their money well is it that is the job there's no other job as a founder so i imagine that some nonprofit founders right now are thinking well if i tell my story does it just end with me like that doesn't feel very engaging to the customer but i think that what charity water does so well is it connects you know the importance of the founder the vision of the founder and it connects it with this larger vision of success. Can you talk about how important it is to paint that picture of, quote, success in storytelling and in branding? Sure. So, I mean, obviously, you know, your vision um, has to be big and it has to be bold and it has to be clear. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of nonprofits also 
forget or maybe don't realize that saying we are solving uh, or we are, let's say we are uh, giving people clean water. That is not as powerful as saying we are on a mission to give every person clean water in our lifetime. Yes. No one's going to follow you if you don't tell them where you're going. Right. We also say a lot that people don't move into mystery. And so I think that that applies not only to you've got to tell them very clearly where their money is going and how you're using it, but also you got to tell them what the destination is or else they're going to feel this sort of elusive, vague, I don't really know what I'm getting into sort of thing. And they'll resist and they'll back out. And they'll also feel like they're putting all of this money into a bottomless pit. I want to know as a donor that you have a plan to put yourself out of business. Gosh, that's so good. That's so good. I hope if you're a nonprofit listening to this, you just wrote that down because that is, I feel like that's a pretty powerful paradigm for a lot of nonprofit leaders out there who might not understand that concept. Speaking of donating to nonprofits, um, a lot of nonprofit leaders that we work with, and I'm sure you've encountered this uh, in your career, feel like they just have to beg these big time high net worth donors for one time a year gifts, and that's how their organization is going to thrive. And you guys say, no such thing. We have a different way. Can you talk to me about how to, first of all, kind of get over the fear of asking people for money and then also move from these sort of like one-time big donations to creating monthly subscribers, if you will, of your organization? To, to speak to the point of begging, that is just not attractive to anybody. Nobody yeah. wants, donors don't want to feel like you need them, like you need them a lot. They almost want to feel like they're invited and it's a privilege to be invited because you're doing so well. I'm so glad I get to come along on this train ride that's going really fast towards a very inspiring destination. If a donor starts to smell this like fear, if you don't give us the money, you know, this year, we're going to have major problems and have to lay people off. That's not what a donor doesn't want to give to something that sounds like it's failing. Right. Over the last, gosh, five years, we've really... Uh, we've really learned uh, this concept of repeatability that having a discipline to ask for a little bit less right now and stretch a gift over the next three or four or five years. Uh, we just, I think, pitched a, a gift of $10 million over the, the next 10 years. Of course, you know, it's very tempting to say, well, can we just have all 10 million today? Right. Yeah. Uh, but not only does that organizationally present some problems because this year you're going to have this big gift and what, what's going to happen next year, you're going to hire all these people on the ground to uh, spend that money. And then next year, that money is not going to come in and you're going to have, probably have to let them go. Uh, but more than that, even it gives you a just gives you this runway. So when you know you have 50 donors who are all committed for the next three to five years, right? Maybe different timelines for different people. You then have so much more confidence in the future. And we yes. all know that when we have a poverty mentality around time, around resources, we tend to lock up and not be as creative or innovative. So I think that there's a huge piece uh, for nonprofits when you start to think in terms of how do I secure repeatable donations yeah. and how do I pitch donors to donate over over three to five years, you sort of you create this um, future thinking organization that says, okay, well, we're actually going to plan a, a big campaign that's going to take us five years to achieve, and it's going to be bold and audacious, as opposed to, well, what can we only get done this year because we don't know if the money's going to come in again next year. What are some other pointers that people listening can take when they think about going after donors and asking them not for just this one time make a big splash gift, but 
to really invest in the work of the organization through monthly subscriptions over the course of three to five years? So one of the things we learned over the last few years, uh, as we've actually made even bigger asks, mm-hmm. is you really want to learn. Uh, you want to learn about your donor, the person you're pitching, mm-hmm. and what matters to them. What are their values? And find the connective tissue between your organization and what they value. Yeah. So yeah. instead of coming in with this pitch about, oh, look at all these countries where we're working where people don't have clean water, which is which is true. But we knew that's not going to be the first point of connection. So instead, we focused on how we've innovated and how uh, we are so much alike, uh, like these very fast growing for profit startups that's and so how good. we have that same DNA. We have a person on staff at Charity Water whose entire job is to research donors wow. so that we can understand what their passions are, where they went to college, how many kids they have, what they do on the weekends. I mean, not in a creepy way, but... We get as much as we can, you know, at, uh, about people from the internet and different sources because we really want to understand a person before we go in there and really surprise and delight them from the very beginning. For those of you wanting to learn more about Charity Water, Vic, where can they go to do that? Sure. We're at charitywater.org. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Charity Water. And I am at Vic Harrison. I hang out on Instagram and at VicHarrison.com. Did you know StoryBrand certifies marketing experts who can overhaul your marketing plan? This week's Marketing Minute tip comes from StoryBrand certified guide, Mela Hofbeck, whose client wanted to book out their venue, but had a clunky and confusing website that was hurting their bottom line. People are getting so frustrated because it's so cumbersome to submit an inquiry form and you have to wait for back and forth emails and da da da. Does your website clearly communicate the problem you solve for customers? If not, hire a StoryBrain certified guide like Mela Hofbeck today at marketingmadesimple.com. Because when Mela overhauled and clarified her client's website using the StoryBrain marketing framework, they saw an increase in their revenue by 360%. Really, when you ask the question, what can help make my customer's life better? It also helps making the business owner's life better. Our StoryBrand guides are the best marketers in the world. They know how to get your business a huge return, and they're ready to work for you. Hire a StoryBrand guide today at marketingmadesimple.com. I get a lot of people asking me how the StoryBrand framework fits for nonprofits. How do you use the StoryBrand framework for nonprofits? The reality is it's exactly the same as a for-profit. You're really just inviting donors into a story rather than customers into a story. You're inviting people to donate rather than buy a product. But the communication has to be super clear. What am I getting for my money? You're asking people for money so that you can build a school, so that you can fund an orphanage so that you can rescue people out of human trafficking. It's your cause rather than your product. Here's a tool though that we're using these days around Business Made Simple. It's a new formula for a mission statement and it's just this, we will accomplish X by X because of X. I really like that formula for a mission statement. In fact, I came out with it after I created the Mission Statement Made Simple course. So everything in that course is great. I would add one thing and that's that formula for a mission statement. We will accomplish X by X because of X. And I think every nonprofit needs a clear mission statement, not just to stay on mission, but also as a fundraising tool. People like to give 
to a story. And the more specific you can get about that story, the more enticing the story is. Therefore, the more people will donate. It's also true if you're selling products. We will accomplish X by X because of X. For instance, the mission statement for Business Made Simple, my company, is this. We will have 250,000 people in our online platform, 5,000 certified coaches, and 2.5,000 certified marketing guides by 2025 because everybody deserves the help they need in growing their business. If you listen to the formula, we will accomplish X by X because of X. That has unified my team. Every staff meeting we have, anything that you're working on has to be justified and filtered through the mission statement. Does it have anything to do with our three tactical priorities? When you have a nonprofit, you want to get specific with your mission, because when you get specific with your mission, you get specific about the story you are inviting people into. We will rescue 10,000 young women out of human trafficking by 2025 because every person deserves to be free. It's we will accomplish X by X because of X that makes people say, you know what, I'll fund that. That is gonna work for a video, that is going to work for a keynote, that is gonna work in a sit-down meeting with a potential donor, that is gonna work in an email. We will accomplish X by X because of X. People want to give to a great story. And if you're a nonprofit, you probably have one. Go out, tell your story, and change the world. Thanks for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. The show is hosted by Donald Miller and co-hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan. It's produced, engineered, and edited by Bobby Richards. Doug Keim and Tim Schur are the executive producers, and Lindsey Frail and Carrie Murdoch are co-producers. When you become a Business Made Simple professional at businessmadesimple.com, you get access to our library of courses that take the mystery out of growing a business. Become a Business Made Simple professional today at businessmadesimple.com.